Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to become the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to water cooler chatter, conference room banner, and job site small talk. I'm going to give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, toss out just a few random musings to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on our walk with Jesus. Joining me this week, once again, I am so honored to be co-hosted with my sister, Carla Cockrum. Hello, hello, Daily Grind. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Wednesday, August 2nd. And on August 2nd in 1776, the official signing of the Declaration of Independence took place in Philadelphia. Oh, let's go, Declaration of Independence. On this day in 1943, a Japanese destroyer sank the U.S. torpedo boat PT-109. Oh, that was manned with future President John F. Kennedy John F. and 10 Kennedy. other crewmen, and they all survived the attack. That's cool. And in, on this date in 1990, the country of Iraq invaded Kuwait. Ah, uh, I remember. <gasps> that kicked off a whole bunch of stuff that we're oh, still dealing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. August, yep. August 2nd is coloring book day oh that's a happy day it's ice cream sandwich day again a delicious happy day <laughs> yes good day it's national play ball day okay here it, we go yeah encouraging everybody of all ages to go out <laughs> and play baseball <laughs> because it is a great way to exercise have fun and learn teamwork <laughs> now's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit the whip is probably the first human invention to break the sound barrier. Because <laughs> that crack, when you hear a whip crack, that is, yes. that is the sound barrier being broken. What? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The library posters in the Breakfast Club yes. can also be seen in the school halls of Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> Off. Because both of these John Hughes films were shot back to back to save time and money. Oh, how efficient. I love that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Sound like oh. an industrial engineer. I know. <laughs> Ferris Bueller, though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Columbus, not only was he challenged about discovering, but he thought that manatees were mermaids. And he <gasps> described them as not half as beautiful as they are painted. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> what a disappointment for him. The first airline stewardesses were also all registered nurses. Oh. But this requirement disappeared when a lot of the nurses left to enlist during World War II. Mm -hmm. The capital of the Marshall Islands is Majuro. Okay. If, no. you, were, if you were to walk around the earth, Let's say that you 
had a, a way that was <laughs> land bridged and you weren't, right. you know, pulling off a Jesus miracle. Right. Um, at average walking speed, it would take you 3.4 years. Hmm. Is that just nonstop walking, right? Like yeah. not sitting yeah. down and not yeah, not, okay. not right. Like if you yeah. could walk nonstop. It would take me longer. It would, yeah, it would take. I walk fast, longer. but it would take me longer. So. Um, worldwide, lightning strikes peak in activity at 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Huh. Just, just in case you were curious. Okay. Um, in 1976, the first eight Jelly Belly flavors were sold. And oh. they were orange, green apple, root beer, very cherry, lemon, cream soda, grape, and licorice. Okay, that's pretty classic right there. There you go. Okay. The Vlasic Pickle mascot <laughs> is a stork. Yes. Because at the time he was introduced, um, a lot of pregnant women craved pickles. Oh, marketing. There you go. There you go. I, I don't know about you, Carla, but I do not like house cleaning. <laughs> well, and you also know that about me. So. <laughs> so here's something you might consider. I'm thinking about starting a group meeting at my house for people mm-hmm. with OCD. Because right. I think that might be a great way to get my house clean. I know free. they could handle it. They could <laughs> yeah. just whip it into shape. <laughs> oh, I got to straight and just let them. Oh, okay. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> Make yourself comfortable. <laughs> hey, polygon. Yes. Many-sided object. Is a many-sided sided object, but it's also another word for a dead parrot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye, poly- <laughs> polygon. <laughs> I got you. Oh. <laughs> goes like this. He is the image of God, the unseen one, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. So this poem, or it could have been a hymn that we're going to look at, really is presented in poetic layout to give, in some ways, the various meanings of the Hebrew word for head. Just like in English, that word carries multiple ideas. I mean, you can be the head of the class. You can have hair on your head. There's the head of a pen, which is different than being a pen head. The foamy part of a pint of beer is called the head. Hebrew, same way, there's a lot of meanings. And Paul cleverly plays with these meanings. So he proclaims 
that Jesus Christ is the firstborn. So he emphasizes this point twice, verses 15 and 18. Jesus is supreme in verse 17. And really that could be translated as ahead um, to hint at the same kind of idea. Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church, verse 18. And he is the beginning also, verse 18. You can notice that this poem really has balanced sections. The first section, he is the image of God, the firstborn, for in him. It really matches and is balanced with the third section. He is the start of it all, firstborn, for in him. And then that middle section serves as a good bridge between these two. It connects the first and leads into the second. But Paul isn't writing this poem merely to showcase his intellectual prowess or offer literary entertainment, or if the poem was originally written by someone else, Paul wasn't quoting it for any of those reasons. He wants to convey something essential to the Colossians. They need to understand the centrality and supremacy of Jesus Christ if they're to grow as Christians, gaining wisdom, power, patience, and gratitude, all those things that Paul prayed for them about, Knowing Jesus, not just knowing about Jesus, but knowing Jesus fully, Paul knows is going to help them comprehend the true God, their identity, and the purpose of their lives. And all the rest of this letter is going to be an exploration of the meaning of this poem. I mean, you can look at chapter 2, verse 3, for instance, where Paul declares that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ himself. And this poem highlights, I think, three vital aspects of Jesus and what God has accomplished through him. First, by looking at Jesus, we discover who God is. He is the image of God, the invisible one. And while nobody has seen God, Jesus comes near to us and reveals God's nature. The amazing part of this is that the more we focus on Jesus, the more we come to understand who God truly is, our immediate and most fitting response has to be gratitude. And second, Jesus bridges that gap between the old world of creation and the new world of redemption. He was the agent through whom the whole creation was made, the beauty the goodness of the world, they all reflect his handiwork. But sin and evil and corruption also exist. However, through Jesus, God brings redemption and restoration to the world that he originally created. And third, Jesus serves as the model for genuine humanity available through empowers us to experience, I think, authentic and meaningful lives. Now, this poem or hymn, it contains some profound truths that I think are worth exploring and meditating upon. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and is centered on Jesus Christ. It's not about a new way to be religious. It's not about a particular system for how to be saved here or hereafter. It is not simply a different way of holiness. Bottom line, 
Christianity is about Jesus Christ. And this poem, one of the very earliest Christian poems ever written, is a good place to start exploring it as any. This is what the Colossians needed to know, and we today, I think, need to rediscover it. Paul's telling these early Christians, if it's wisdom y'all want, Jesus is where you look. The early Christians saw Jesus as the embodiment of wisdom. And I think we too need to seek him to understand the fullness of God's plan and purpose. So let's dig into this message with some delight and some gratitude. We'll continue on in this book just discovering Colossians' relevance for us here in the 21st century. Thank you so much. I am humbled by those of you that spend some time to listen to these podcasts. I hope you enjoy them. Would love to hear some feedback from you. Uh, Would really love to hear some people help me come up with some things to share and some of the brew and sharpen. I'm grateful for people say about, hey, I enjoyed that or thanks for putting it together. It means a lot to me. Feel humbled and honored to have the audience that that's growing out there. Anyway, thank you for spending your time with me. I will see you tomorrow on the Daily Grind. And until then, grace and peace to you.